Okay, it's QuackCast 126. What are words for? Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the song. But do you hear me? Do you care? Do you hear me? Do you care? My lips are moving and the sound's coming out. The words are audible, but I have my doubts that you realize what has been said. You look at me as if you're in the daze. It's like the feeling at the end of a page when you realize you don't know what you just read. What are words for when no one listens anymore? What are words for when no one listens? What are words for when no one listens? It's no use talking at all. I might as well go up and talk to a wall because all the words are having no effect at all. That's from a great missing persons song. I didn't know they were interested in discussing blogging, but I realized when I was researching this particular essay that the song was written by the Brothers Gibb, though I'll take the missing persons version anytime. Words are important. I do try and choose my words carefully when writing so they are accurately reflecting not only my thoughts, but reality. When I speak, eh, not so much. My frontal lobe filters often fail if I think I might get a laugh. I tell the house staff precision of writing reflects precision of thought. It is one of the reasons I write. The act of writing forces some coherence onto what could otherwise be muddled and inchoate thoughts. Even though I have residents who write notes, I always write my own. And often I do not make a final decision as to the plan for the patient's infectious diseases until I put pen to paper, or perhaps with the EMR electrons to screen. Writing crystallizes my thoughts but not evidently for everyone, as 10 facts about the flu vaccine and the flu so nicely demonstrates. There's something about vaccination that brings out the incoherence in other people's writing. Influenza is one of the more difficult diseases and the vaccine one of the more problematic interventions that we have in medicine. Influenza is tricky, mutating every year, acquiring new DNA, new virulence, reacquiring old genes to infect an at-risk population. Influenza is deadly, a consistent cause of morbidity and mortality since the gasping oppression, God, I love that term from the 1600s, arose in human populations. I have discussed influenza over the years on this podcast as part of my goal of reaching a million words about vaccines. Influenza kills people directly, it kills with secondary infections. It kills those with underlying medical problems that get exacerbated. It kills with heart attacks, and it kills with strokes. It especially kills the old, the young, and the pregnant. And now, with H1N1, the obese. It kills the unborn, as influenza season is spontaneous abortion season. It leads to smaller, less intelligent children. Depending on the year and the circulating strains, influenza is a major cause of human suffering and death. Now, 90% of my practice is in the hospital seeing people who are acutely ill. I see those who got this short end of the influenza stick, those who suffer from influenza, its complications, and occasionally die. Oddly, I take the responsibility to prevent patient morbidity and mortality very seriously. The pro-suffering and death uh, well, I guess I should call it the anti-vaccine contingent, will often say those of us in the anti-suffering and death 
I think that would be the pro-vaccine contingent. Are big shills only in it for the money? I wish. Early this week, I heard someone mention in response to some unfair experience that it was nothing personal. It's business. I realize that for me, it's always personal, never business. I take human suffering and unnecessary death personally, an affront that pisses me off. Some time back, someone mentioned that my blog posts seem angry. You bet I'm angry. Preventable illness and needless death should make you angry if you're in healthcare. Now, preventing diseases is always multimodal. I have been the chair of infection control for what seems like forever, and one clear lesson from infection prevention is that there is no magic bullet. Stopping infections is the result of the sum of a multitude of interventions, all important, all critical. When you do everything right every time, hospital-acquired infections almost vanish, much to the disappointment of my bottom line. Preventing influenza and other infections is both simple and difficult. Ameliorate risks by not smoking or being overweight. Wash your hands. Don't inhale around coffers or on airplanes. Be replete in vitamin D. And be vaccinated. As vaccine goes, the influenza vaccine is not our best and brightest. It has variable efficacy in different populations, and because there are new strains every year, revaccination is required. Those who need the protection from the vaccine the most are those who are least likely to respond to the vaccine. And we have never had enough of the population vaccinated at any one time to take advantage of herd immunity, even supposing an excellent antigenic match between the vaccine and circulating strains. Overall, the vaccine appears to be modestly effective when used as part of a nutritious breakfast. It decreases the chances of getting the flu, of having a flu-like illness, of having complications of flu, such as heart attacks and pneumonia, and the need for hospitalization. It is not a great vaccine, but it is better than no vaccine. If you read the entire literature on the influenza vaccine, I think you would be convinced and if you had a career of watching people suffer and occasionally die from influenza, while you might wish for a better vaccine, you are glad for any weapon you could bring to bear against influenza. For as one person said, you go to war with the army you have, not the army you might want or wish to have at a later time. It is why cherry-picking half-truths and misleading essays on vaccines annoy me and warrant words. It's what words are for. Let's see what Safe Minds has to offer with their facts. Quote, According to the most extensive flu vaccine effectiveness review conducted to date, flu vaccines might be effective against influenza A and B, which represents about 10% of all circulating flu viruses each year. Ugh. No. I'm picky here. Influenza A and influenza B represent 100% of the flu viruses each year. The author points out in the introduction that there are 200 other viruses that can cause a flu-like illness, but that is not necessarily the same as flu, the illness of influenza. Any illness with fevers, muscle aches, and malaise is called the flu. But the flu is influenza. And I have no idea what a stomach flu is. The influenza vaccine prevents influenza, as it should. 
it does not have effects against rhinovirus, adenovirus, respiratory syncytial virus, or Mimi virus, nor should it. This is like noting the pneumococcal vaccine does not prevent the several hundred other bacterial causes of pneumonia. This is the type of sloppy writing that drives me nuts. I see it all the time in the newspaper when reading about topics of which I have fairly extensive knowledge. They often get it wrong in ways that are misleading or just stupid. If I see the term flesh-eating virus applied to group A streptococcus one more time, I will scream. Quote, Under average conditions, when the vaccine is a partial match for circulating strains of flu, 100 people need to be vaccinated to avoid one set of influenza symptoms, end quote. This is from the Cochrane Reviews, whose leader has what I suspect is a strong bias against flu vaccine and looks at the effects of vaccine as narrowly as possible. Part of the issue with the flu vaccine is beneficial effects also occur in populations and for diseases other than influenza. While the vaccine prevents infections from influenza, it also prevents other complications in those at risks secondary pneumonias and heart attacks, for example. Not getting influenza is a good way to avoid the other illnesses. And even when there is no match, there can be effectiveness in the flu vaccine. Quote, the TIV and the LAIV, that would be the inhaled and injected, vaccines can provide cross-protection against non-matching circulating strains. End of quote. Determining Overall benefit of vaccination is tricky, depending on what goals you consider important. For example, with the H1N1 vaccine, using a, a societal perspective, quote, vaccination for H1N1 for children and working-age adults is cost-effective compared to other preventative health interventions under a wide range of scenarios. The economic evidence was consistent with target recommendations that were in place for H1N1 vaccination. And, as the evil CDC notes, quote, results of studies that assess how well a flu vaccine works can vary based on study design, outcomes measured, populations studied, and the season in which the vaccine was studied. These differences can make it difficult to compare one study's results with another. As there is interest in how well flu vaccines may prevent illness, hospitalization, and even death with influenza, many outcomes need to be considered, end quote. So when next they say, quote, having received the flu vaccines has been found not to reduce hospitalizations or working days lost due to flu-like illnesses, you can say it depends. It depends on the study. It depends on the study, on the vaccine, on the circulating strain, since others have demonstrated the opposite. Quote, influenza vaccine is effective in reducing hospital admissions of influenza, pneumonia, bronchitis, and emphysema. And effectiveness is comparable to that observed for influenza and pneumonia admissions in North America. It is ignoring nuance of a complicated topic to grind your axe that annoys me. To continue from safe minds. Quote, in fact, the flu vaccine causes approximately one case of Guillain-Barre syndrome, a major neurologic condition leading to paralysis for every one million vaccines administered. Well, again, it depends. Quote, after adjusting for antecedent infections, we found no evidence for an elevated Guillain-Barre risk following the 2009-2010 influenza vaccine. 
However, the association between GBS and antecedent infection was strongly elevated. So you were more likely, actually, you always know a skeptic because they say actually, it's more worser to get GBS from the infection than it is from the vaccine. Now, the essay over at Safe Minds is not adequately referenced, so I am not certain of their source, but I suspect it was the Lancet, which confirms the risk is far higher for the influenza infection compared to the vaccine. Well, they estimate there's one Guillain-Barre per million vaccinations, but 17 Guillain-Barre's per influenza. So you have 17 times more risk of getting Guillain-Barre from influenza than you do from the vaccine. Partial words, misleading words. It's not what I use words for. Quote, much of the published flu vaccine's effectiveness data is funded by vaccine companies. So the results may be the overly optimistic estimate because company-sponsored influenza vaccine trials tend to produce favorable results to their products. Now, I do not deny the potential bias in pharmaceutical company-sponsored studies. It is why it is important to look at the study carefully for flaws that make the results suspect. There have been many epidemiologic studies that are not funded by big pharma. They show the vaccine is effective. Quote, According to flu vaccine package inserts, safety and effectiveness has not been established in pregnant women or nursing mothers and should only be given to a pregnant woman if clearly indicated, end of quote. So who dies from influenza? Pregnant females, although not in all studies. For example, one funded by the WHO, part of the New World Order, who do get their funding from big pharma. Quote, some well-accepted risk factors such as pregnancy and belonging to an ethnic minority group could not be identified as risk factors. In contrast, women who are less than four weeks postpartum had a significantly increased risk of death from pandemic influenza. So in this study, it wasn't the pregnant female, which has been shown in other studies, but women who were postpartum who were more likely to die from H1N1. Fortunately, pregnant males are spared. I know I've used that joke, what, 10,000 times? And influenza kills the fetus as well. Quote, pandemic influenza virus infection in pregnancy was associated with an increased risk of fetal death. Vaccination during pregnancy reduced the risk of an influenza diagnosis. Vaccination itself was not associated with an increased fetal mortality and may have reduced the risk of influenza-related fetal death during the pandemic. So protect yourself, protect your baby if you're pregnant, and get the flu vaccine. Of course, that study was funded by the Norwegian Institute of Public Health, notorious pharmaceutical company shills. That's sarcasm for my Norwegian listeners. Not only does the vaccine protect mother and fetus, this time this study was done by those shills, the Argentinian Institute for Clinical Effectiveness and Health Policy. Those bastards. Quote, this large study using primary data collection found that influenza vaccine did not result in increased risk of adverse perinatal events and suggested a lower risk among vaccinated women. And women giving birth to healthier babies is a consequence of the flu vaccine. 
This time the study was done by Kaiser. Man, do those guys have no shame? One of many studies to show similar results. Quote, pregnant women who received H1N1 influenza vaccine were less likely to give birth preterm and gave birth to heavier infants. End of quote. But mothers who were vaccinated passed protective antibody to their children, resulting in children who lit less influenza. Quote, maternal influenza vaccine was significantly associated with reduced risk of influenza virus infection and hospitalization for an pneumonia up to six months of age and increased influenza antibody titers in infants through two to three months of age. End of quote. Again, one of many representative studies, but who could ever trust the Center for American Indian Health? Please. Those guys are known to be at the pharma trough. Safe Mind continues, quote, A large-scale scientific study in approximately 50,000 pregnant women over five flu seasons found no difference in risk of developing influenza illness among those who receive the influenza vaccine during pregnancy and those who do not. Okay. My Google and PubMoo? My Google Foo and PubMed Foo fails me. I can find two studies with 50,000 pregnant females and the flu vaccine and neither were efficacy studies. One was a safety study, the other a fetal safety study, and both demonstrated safety of the vaccine. But I cannot find an efficacy study with 50,000 pregnant women. Now, I know that safe minds would not make up information, although if I were of a conspiratorial bent, I am not, I would suspect that with facts such as these, that they were in league with the New World Order to help depopulate the Earth. Can someone please help me with their reference in question? It occurs to me I should have just asked Safe Minds for the reference. Silly me. Quote, Flu vaccines stimulate the immune system and produce an inflammatory response. These kinds of inflammatory responses in pregnant women have been linked to the development of autism. Nothing compared to the immune stimulation of infection which kills the fetus. At least autism is not due to mercury anymore, but, oh, wait. Most flu vaccines contain mercury in the form of thimerosal. All forms of mercury have been found to be dangerous and should be avoided, especially by pregnant women. Simple methods such as good hand washing and avoid contact with individuals who have the flu, despite the fact that people can be excreting flu for 24 hours before they're symptomatic, are also effective in preventing the flu for everyone. Most? Well, try some vaccines have mercury. Quote, since seasonal influenza vaccine is produced in large quantities for annual immunization campaigns, some of the vaccine is produced in multi-dose vials and contains thimerosal to safeguard against possible contamination of the vial once it is open. The single-dose units are made without thimerosal as a preservative because they are intended to be opened and used only once. Additionally, the live attenuated version of the vaccine, the nasal spray, is produced in single-dose units and does not contain thimerosal. So, there were 145 million doses of influenza made in 2012. 62 million were thimerosal-free. Now, I recognize that people have their biases, 
Safe Mind certainly does. But still, a little integrity plays when writing about complicated concepts. Safe Minds is evidently neither honest minds nor functional minds. And what are my words for? My destination is known. Sorry, I wanted to tie this up with another missing person reference, and I cannot find a good one. However, I'm heading for a million words. A million words in defense of vaccines, in defense of preventing illness, in defense of preventing death. Seems like a good use of words to me. And so we come to the end of the 126th QuackCast. Don't forget my website, edgydoc.com, where you can find links to my growing multimedia empire. And of course, go on iTunes and write me glowing reviews. <laughs>